Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. My name is Ruth Mitchell. I'm the editor of The Wholesaler Magazine, and I'm excited to have you join us today for our off-the-cuff conversation. Today, I'm joined by Tim Gettiger, Senior Regulatory and Technical Advisor for Tricord Consulting, a leading firm of environmental health and safety specialists that dedicates its engineering and technical talents to serving others first. Now, Tim is also a longstanding member and supporter of Valve World America's Expo, which has an event coming up this year in June. The Expo will be centered on upstream, midstream, and downstream processes in the valve industry with a focus on wide range of valve-related topics. Now, Tim is a longstanding volunteer of the Expo as he was conference chair in 2019 and a current member of its steering committee. Tim will also be speaking at the event this year, and we'll dive more into the event and the topics that he will focus on. But to give you a little bit more on Tim's background, it includes more than 38 years of refining operations, environmental compliance, engineering, economics, and strategic planning experience, including leadership roles in corporate environmental programs, refinery operations, and project development. Prior to his retirement from Phillips 66 in 2022, Tim was accountable for implementing corporate-wide programs to eliminate environmental regulatory non-compliance incidents, incorporate new federal environmental rules into the organization, manage and minimize emissions footprints, and enhance the corporate and climate sustainability strategy. Listeners, as you can imagine, we've got a lot to talk about from Tim's background of more than 38 years in the industry, as well as heading up the Valve World Americas Expo, which is right around the corner. We've got a lot to talk about, so let's get started. Tim, welcome to our podcast. Thanks, Ruth. Great to be here. Looking forward to our conversation. Well, you know, as I was going through your intro here, I'm just, you know, I'm amazed and wowed by everything that has taken place in your career here. You know, you've dedicated your career um, within the gas and oil industry. And as I had stated, you just retired from Phillips 66 in 2022. Can you please tell us specifically about more of the focus within the industry here and, quite frankly, the passion that drove a 30-plus year career? Sure. Um, so you, you covered quite a bit of it in the intro, but for me, it was interesting. So I started, got out of college, went to Purdue, uh, graduated, um, started with Conoco mm-hmm. back at the day. And it was, it was interesting because... At that time, that was 1984. At that time, things were kind of slow. They weren't hiring a lot of engineers, but it was a, it was like a family. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the days, Conica was like a family, and you you learned a lot. I raised my hand, said, "Hey, I'm interested in doing this. I'm interested in doing that." And that's what I liked about that company. That's the biggest reason why I stayed with the company was I was able to raise my hand and say, "I'd like to do this." I'd like to do that. Didn't always happen when I wanted to do it, mm-hmm. but they allowed me, um, you know, I was very fortunate. They allowed me to see different things. I was at, gosh, I started in Oklahoma. I went to Louisiana. Then I went to back to Houston. And then I was in Montana for 15 years and, and finished my career back in Houston. So I had an opportunity to see a lot of different locations where the jobs allowed me to work on a lot of the facilities, I had an operations 
a role where I was part of the operations team at one of the, at the refinery in Billings. Uh, my last role, the last decade, I was doing environmental compliance. And I really learned, you know, I didn't come into that job knowing anything about environmental, no, a little bit, but I learned it from everybody that was working with me and working on my teams that we were part of. So again, it was like a family. It, it you learn from each other. And I, and I enjoyed that. I think I excel at that. I enjoy networking. I enjoy bringing people together. And, and I, Later in my career, I enjoyed helping others because I had done so much. I had learned so many things. I wanted to try and help others learn from my mistakes so they didn't have to make the same ones. I mean, we all learn. It takes a while. I mean, if you can help educate others from your mistakes so they don't have to make them, then they're better off. So that's, that's really what kept me going. Well, I've got to imagine that you, you know, you've seen it all and you've heard it all and you've probably read it all. And in these changing times that we've had, I mean, especially for such a wide breadth of a career there, um, that you've seen it and heard it all. Is there uh, um, one issue that you've noticed within the past couple years that stands out where folks can really um, use guidance from experts such as yourself, as well as, you know, we're leading up to the Valve World Americas Expo that's coming down the line here, and we'll talk more about that later. But are there things that that are there that can help folks now in their everyday everyday book of business, so to say? Yeah, I, well, probably the biggest one, and everybody's heard about this, and I spent actually the last couple of years at Philip 66 was talking about climate and climate change and greenhouse gases and things like that, which segues nicely into the, the talk later about Valve World, but that's where I spent a lot of time just learning because I knew refinery operations very well from my experiences. But a lot of folks didn't understand how what in, in the environmental space. I was lucky in the last decade doing environmental regulations, compliance, working with EPA and others, understanding, okay, I've got environmental operations, refinery operations, we've got these new rules and regulations that say we need to do something with climate, how do you how do you weave them together? Mm-hmm. And I was involved with Philip 66, helping the, the corporation develop some of their targets they've announced. And I think that has helped in my transition as, after I retired, too, because I wanted, I had a passion for that, for climate, for helping others understand what does it really mean? Because it's, it's not super easy to understand what people are talking about when it comes to climate and greenhouse gases and how do we minimize them, uh, what's going to happen in 2050. So I spent a lot of time prior to retiring and since I retired, um, staying abreast with those things, staying engaged because it's important, right? We need to know, we need to know what do we need to do to reduce the emissions from carbon because Ruth Carbon you know, our body is two-thirds carbon, right? So people talk about you, we want to do away with carbon. Well, that's unrealistic. Mm-hmm. We have to have carbon. But minimizing the carbon emissions is is paramount. That's the key. And that's what I've been spending a lot of time just re, you know, learning more about what that means for the future. Well, 
That that's a perfect point for me to ask you. I know that you had said, you know, obviously you spent many years with um, Phillips 66, but you're not slowing down by any sense of the means. In my intro, I just talked about how you're a technical advisor for Tricord Consulting. And I know that there's other companies that you work with as well in an advisory role. Can you, can you uh, tell, tell me and tell the audience more about how do you explain what you do? Yeah, I mean, you know, Tricord approached me. I've been working with them for many years while I was with um, Phillips. And a great, great group of folks, and they asked if I would be interested in, after I retired, doing some part-time work with them. And that's, like I said, you know, I'm only 62. I'm, I still need to learn. We all need to learn. And so, like, I, I thought, yeah, great. Let's go do that. They're great. They're a great bunch of folks. Um, and really, they brought me on to help with projects, but I think also help with some business development and then help mentor some of the earlier career folks. Uh, and so that's what I do. I mean, work on a number of projects that support various clients that they have, primarily in the refining space, but I've done some stuff in chemicals. So I've been able to just in the last six months learn more about the chemical side of the business. And that's really, you know, whatever I can do to learn more, but also help others learn. And like I mentioned some of the folks that I've also been working kind of on a one-off basis that I've developed relationships prior to retiring. But since I've retiring, I've retired and been involved with the valve world. I'm helping some of the valve folks understand, well, what do environmental rules and regulations mean? How do their products, how can their products better the environment, right? I mean, it's not always obvious how refining economics work. And I have done that before. When you've got a product, it, you may think that this is the value it brings to a company, but when you start thinking about climate, it's that there's a lot more value there that people haven't recognized. And so I've been, you know, helping folks realize here's another way to look at when you bring a product or a proposition to a refiner or others that there may be more value there than you know. Yeah, you have such an incredible wealth of information that you've curated and um, developed throughout your career. And I know that part of what makes you you is, you know, you're wanting, number one, to always learn and to give back. And you give back by being in these volunteer leadership roles and specifically for Valve World America or Valve World Expo. And specifically, I want to talk about um, Valve World Expo Americas here. You know, you were chairman in 2019 and you're on the steering committee for this year's event that's taking place in June in Houston. Can you tell me about Valve World Americas Expo and Conference? Quite frankly, uh, who should attend and what should attendees expect, especially going into this um, knowledge base that we're talking about that you have and other technical experts that will be there? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. Um, clearly, it's folks who are involved with the flow control community. Mm-hmm. So it could be, well, it would be engineers. It could be a lot of variety of engineers. It, it's engineers that are in oil and gas. Right? There's a lot of that here in Houston. But it's engineers um, in other things like sanitation, waterworks. Because Valve World is not 
focused on oil and gas valves. It's focused on all valves. So any place where we have a valve, heck, we have valves in our house. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, the valve world, we're not talking about small valves in your house, but same concept. It could be anything. It could be water valves. It could be gasoline valves. It could be crude oil. It could be natural gas. It could be renewable natural gas. It's, it it transcends where whatever the source of the material. If it flows, if it's a liquid or a gas or a vapor, it needs a valve mm-hmm. to shut it off or to control it. So if you know, your listeners are involved with any type of flow regime, they should be going to this thing. And there's lots of cool technology. We we're talking a little bit earlier about emissions and the climate. There are there are um, manufacturers there that have valves that don't leak. They have there's a manufacturer there that has magnetic valves. I learned a bunch about them recently. And you go, well, what's the magnetic valve? It is a cool technology. And, and you so you have all those types of things. You've got the traditional valves. Uh, that we think about just they call them a you know a gate valve, a block valve. You've got very intricate valves. Anyone who's works with a fluid should be attending. And I would also say regulators. Mm-hmm. Because the valve world folks also have another conference called Feed of Emissions, right? And so we've had some of the the local Houston area, Harris County pollution control folks show up to that. To that event, I know I'm certain they'll be at Valve World as well. We've invited; they're actually on the board for the steering committee. I mean, for um, for Valve World Americas, but those folks should be showing up too. People who want to learn about flow control, because we also talk about emissions. Right? Because valves leak; they're not perfect. Other than the magnetic valves, don't leak. They say, which is great. But most valves have some leakage. So if you have leakage and you have a process material, there's probably some environmental rules and regulations around that. So regulators should be coming and understanding, well, what is the technology there? And that helps educate them because when they're talking to, to the operating companies, if they're talking about leaks, at least they're more knowledgeable about what technology is out there. So there's a whole swath of, of folks that, that this conference, expo and conference would be great for. Uh, it's taking place in June in Houston. Over how many days will this be taking place, Tim? So the conference and expo are two days. Mm-hmm. And then, then prior to that, so June 6th, which is the Tuesday, there are there are three training classes. And then um, seven and eight, Wednesday, Thursday, are the conference and the expo. I've got to imagine that the takeaways from this event are going to be incredible, especially on the educational side. You know, what takeaways do you expect that folks can implement immediately when they get back home? Well, I guess it depends on what they come for. But but I'll, I, since I have a passion about emissions mm-hmm. and, and leakage, I'll go there. If someone's coming to understand how I can find a valve or a valve packing or a valve sealant that would allow me to have fewer emissions mm-hmm. of my product or of my intermediates to the atmosphere, they will they will definitely walk away with a whole list of things they could do. I mean that that's number one. I mean that's the easiest one for me because there's quite a bit of focus on on that. But again, there, there's lots of other things. I think there's plenty of networking opportunities. Um, I mean, the expo, I was looking this morning, the, the expo, there's over 250 booths, I counted them, 
So there will be, gosh, there's going to be a thousand people there in the expo of technical experts, of sales experts. So takeaways are going to be, you know, if you're a technical person, there'll be plenty of folks to help help answer any questions you've got. If you're a sales type of person, if you're a procurement type of person, there are still going to be sales folks there. You can talk about sales and um, approved manufacturer lists, AMLs, those sort of, all, all those types of things, all those conversations will be occurring at, at the conference and the expo. Well, there's so much to be done and so much to be had there, especially as you had said when you were talking about a magnetic valve, is that, you know, we've got to remember that technology is always evolving. So going to an event such as the Valve World Americas Expo is important to see, quite frankly, what's new and what's out there. And having, you know, 250 booths there, that's a lot to go through and a lot of information that folks can gather and glean from this conference and quite frankly, it's in our backyard. It's in Houston, mm-hmm. taking place in June. I, uh, Thank goodness it's two days so that you can get through the whole place. So you can get, you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Is there a theme or a focus to this year's event? So we have some usual kind of usual suspects on things we'll talk about. Valve safety clearly is always number one. Uh, we'll talk about that. I, I'm going to be leading a, a discussion on industry trends for about three hours on the first day. So that will be fun. We'll have a mix of things. I'm going to talk about some climate. My, I think my topic is something like, what, do valve, what does the valve uh, climate look like in 2030? And I use the word climate specifically for that. So I'll throw, throw a number of interesting things out for people. But in my, in my space, others will talk about trends they're seeing on emissions reductions, metallurgy, things like that. So it's kind of a a catch-all of, of topics. And then we're going to talk about fugitive emissions. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be, there's going to be a section on monitoring and sealing technology. So that that's, when you talk about one of the takeaways, that's going to be an interesting one for folks. If they're looking for quick hits on how do I reduce my emissions footprint, especially if I'm emitting what are called uh, VOCs, volatile organic uh, compounds, which tends to be methane. And methane is a big buzzword now. So if folks are interested in that, they should certainly sit in on that. Then we'll have some valve maintenance and repairs. And one that's an interesting topic, I was talking to um, one of the sponsors yesterday, MRC Global. They have a concept they're, they're working on, total cost of ownership. And so they're going to have a, they're having to have a session on that. And wow. what they're talking about there is going to be, what's the cost of a valve? So it's the installation cost. It's the leakage, right? It's the this and it. so they're, they're pro- presenting a, a new way for people to think about that. It's not just buying a valve, and if I've got a valve that costs ten bucks more, but I, I don't really spend ten bucks. But the cheaper valve, you have to change out two or three times compared to the more expensive valve. Your total cost of ownership is actually much lower with the ten dollar more expensive valve than the cheaper valve. So they're going to talk about those things, and, and I'm hoping they'll also help people understand how do they communicate that to leadership. It's one thing to share to the engineers, hey, great concept, here's what you do, but then how do you message that to the decision makers at your at your organization? And a couple more things, Ruth, we're going to talk about hydrogen valves, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, Houston is, you know, setting itself up to be a hub, hydrogen hub, so perfect conversation. And then we're going to have three set different sessions on emergent technologies. One's going to be on low emissions. One's going to be on the digital digital transformation. And one's going to be on valves and packing. So 
a lot of interesting stuff in the conference over those two days. And I guess let me, I forgot, down in the expo, there'll be two additional things happening. There's going to be a net zero forum in the expo where um, Naomi Jabari with SMB is going to lead a conversation on net zero. Wow. It could things like energy efficiency, electrification, renewables, hydrogen, carbon capture, a lot of the stuff I was talking about, I'm really jazzed on. We're going to have people sit down and talk about that. And I know I'll be talking with uh, Naomi during that. So again, in the expo, drawing more folks to the expo so that they can visit with the vendors, we'll be talking about that. And also down in the expo, there's going to be a career fair. And, and the Valgor folks kicked this off when I was chairman four years ago of reaching out to the local universities, the, the trade schools, whatnot, to say, hey, come and mingle with the vendors of for flow control. Before you've graduated, understand what what do they have to offer. Um, and they actually have, when I, four years ago, I know they were actually setting up interviews with folks. So they're going to have that again because that was very successful. So, you know, they want to give back. The Valdeberg folks want to give back to the community and especially around the area of education. And so they're going to have a career fair um, there as well. Well, my gosh, I mean, there's so much that's taking place at the expo. And, you know, like you and I had just talked about between having 250 plus booths there to see the product, the networking opportunities that are available for attendees the educational opportunities that scan the bandwidth here. And then it all comes back down to, like you had said, MRC Global, who's doing something on the actual cost. What is the cost of a valve? Which is important. You're right. People don't think about that. And it's giving the, the broader aspect of, let's take a look at the bigger picture here. And then you flow that through to a career fair or having students there to learn and to see and have the opportunity to meet the folks of industries that they want to get into. Yeah. And that's really exciting. And that all takes place in a two and a half, two and a half day conference in Houston. Three day, three day. So, so the pre-conference would be the training. So there's three, actually three training sessions. One, two of them are on valves. One's a basic class on valves. One's a master class on valves. And then there's going to be a class on fugitive emissions, which Top-notch folks in all three classes teaching those. So that's day, that's kind of pre-conference. And then all this other exciting stuff we've been talking about, the 250 boosts. There, I, I look, there are 72 presenters, 72 speakers. Wow. All that up, that's happening in two days. Well, there's a lot that's taking place there. And I'm looking forward to hearing your presentation there as well. We're going to encourage folks to learn more about the event and to learn more about your presentation as well as the others. And for folks that want to learn more, they can go to www.valveworldexpoamericas.com. And I'll make sure that we get that put on our podcast here as well so that folks can have that written down. Tim, thank you so much for joining me today. I greatly appreciate it. You know, Valve World, you're right. It's for everybody that has to deal with anything that's going to move, anything that's going to flow, and anything that needs a valve. Folks should be there. This is very important, not only for their um, educational opportunities, but also to see what's coming down the line in terms of products. 
Tim, thank you. Any 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 thank last you. remarks? Any last remarks for folks that that are going to see in in uh, Houston? You know, they will walk away with more knowledge. Gar- guaranteed. They definitely will. I've learned a lot today on this Off the Cuff podcast. So, Tim, thank you very much for joining us, and uh, we'll see you in Houston. Yes, we will. Thanks, Ruth. Thank you.